Now, the rate of migration in Australia is concerning many people, and I often get calls and texts on it from you. The federal government will, in the next few weeks, respond to a review into the rate of migration completed almost eight months ago. Eight months. The Australian Today has some interesting figures regarding migration. The Advertiser running a column as well. There are 331,000 more international students and foreign workers here now than the pre-pandemic high of September 2019. Almost four out of five people arriving are on student visas. Uh, In the two years to the end of last month, the number of temporary visa holders, students, working holiday makers, people from New Zealand, uh, rose by 692,000, now 2.3 million on temporary visas with working rights. The head of the Migration Review, Dr Martin Parkinson, is quoted as saying, I'm sure if Australians were asked, they wouldn't have agreed to creating a guest worker program with a permanent underclass of people who are temporary migrants with no pathway to permanency. They have no idea what their status is, but we also don't ask them to leave. By the start of next year, the estimation is half a million visa applications for skilled workers will remain unprocessed and it's skilled workers particularly that are in demand and the federal government likely to as part of its response to this review likely to uh, announce that it is targeting uh, skilled migrants to uh, to talk uh, to to come into the country and to uh, to to play their role here as we know though housing infrastructure inflation are all under pressure, rental vacancies at historic lows, and the rate of new homes being built, well, we know that's slow. It's happening, but it's not fast because trades and materials are in high demand. So the federal government has a problem it needs to address. It needs to encourage uh, encourage skilled workers, but to deal with all the infrastructure required at a time when we can't house everyone with the population we have now today. So do we stop all migration? Do we slow it? Do we only allow school migrants to come? Some issues ahead and the government's response to the migration review will certainly be uh, much anticipated. Um, from the Grattan Institute, Marion Terrell, uh, Transport and Cities Program Director. Marion, good morning. Thank you for your time today. Oh, good morning. So where do we go next? I mean, we we clearly have a problem right around Australia. Cities are filling up, housing in short supply. Obviously, then a lot of infrastructure needs, transport, you know, hospitals, schools, all the rest of it um, are lacking at the moment. That's right. I think when there's rapid growth, um, we seem to have a bit of a boom and bust approach to this because we did have a time of rapid growth sort of in the period um, sort of leading up to 2016, 2018, um, although it was not as, I, I would say it was really Melbourne that took off perhaps more than Adelaide did. But I think now with, as we wash through after the pandemic, we are getting really high migrant numbers coming through. And it, it is quite difficult for cities and particularly smaller cities to adapt um, to large numbers just because um, everything takes time to develop. But the people arrive today. Yeah, so, so the planning that, that is required, you would expect would be required, just doesn't seem to be there. We're, we're leaving it to the last minute to think about what we're going to do, obviously. We need to be planning this well in ahead, don't we? Well, well in advance. It's difficult to do that, though, because you don't really know. Like, people are free to go where they want to go, by and large. And so um, it's fantastic. Like, in many ways, it is just there's a real upside to, to people flooding to cities like Adelaide 
Um, the urbanisation has been a, a powerful force in this country and is a large part of why we are a wealthy country. Um, but the downside of it, of course, is crowding and congestion and the yeah. and the difficulties with housing supply that we're seeing at the moment. What about regional areas? Because wasn't there a program for migrants to be uh, to be put into regional centres around the country? And primarily, I imagine Melbourne um, or New South Wales, Victoria, and, and parts of Brisbane more so than Adelaide and Perth. I'd, I'd suggest because they have the bigger centres and their skills would be more suited, required in those areas. Yeah, some periodically governments do uh, get enthusiastic about the idea of trying to direct migrants to go to particular places. But I think it's something to be a bit wary about for a few reasons. I think one is people often come here um, and they're, they're keen to work and they've got particular skills and they've got particular connections to a community and they settle better if they can make good decisions for themselves and difficult for governments to know what's better for someone than they know themselves. So that's one reason. But I think the other thing I'd say is we do get this push periodically, as you say, in Victoria and New South Wales in particular, to um, take pressure off the capital city by getting people to go to regional areas and and maybe thinking, oh, we'll put in a faster train or something like that. Um, And the the difficulty with that, I think, is, um, A, it takes uh, time to make the train faster, but also... It's a bit unrealistic because um, most people who come in to Melbourne, for example, from Geelong or from Ballarat or Bendigo, and there's not huge numbers, but there are some people who do do that commute. And when they do it, they usually drive because unless you've got to work in the CBD, mm-hmm. your trip just becomes too long. So, it, you know, the, the, the whole notion of... I, I think what has changed, those with more working from home, there is a greater acceptance of flexibility amongst employers and so that's one of the ways that people um, can perhaps live more more distant from their job and still make the whole thing work. Marion, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Marion Terrell, Transport and Cities Program Director at the uh, the Grattan Institute. Let's have a chat with uh, Daniel Wilde from the Institute of Public Affairs. Daniel, migration rates, obviously a lot of people coming in. We, we don't have the infrastructure in place to deal with a lot of it, though, do we, in terms of housing, transport, everything else? No, good morning. You're, you're right. We have a big problem in Australia and in South Australia at the moment, which is a unprecedented intake of migration. Um, as you're aware, the federal government has committed to a 1.5 million uh, million migrants coming in over the next four years, which would be the largest expansion to our population since Federation. And there really is a lack of planning for the schools, roads, hospitals and housing that will be needed. Uh, as your listeners would be aware, across South Australia at the moment, the rent, average rents are around $460 a week. Um, that's just too much for a lot of students and uh, those on lower incomes to be able to afford. So it's having a big impact on the ground. Uh, some recent analysis that we provided uh, saw that last financial year, uh, Adelaide alone had around 15,000 international students arrive, which was the equivalent to around 90% of all new houses that were built um, in that year. So there is a real issue with the dramatic intake of migration and also international students with a real lack of planning for how they're going to be accommodated. Yeah. Almost four in five of people arriving are students, so they're coming in on student visas. So, uh, I mean, are they all ending up as students? There's suggestions, and I hear this anecdotally, I don't know how true it is, but they're they're not ending up really in our universities or tertiary institutions. They're 
um, getting jobs and working away, sending money back home. Yeah, this, it's an interesting issue that you raise. There's a couple of points there. Um, the first is that clearly a lot of international students are in the job market, and fair enough. You know, if you're here, you need to work and provide for yourself. Yeah. But again, it gets back to this, you know, this planning issue, which is well, um, they could be putting downward pressure on wages, and they could potentially be uh, taking jobs that otherwise would have been taken by Australians. Yeah. So there needs to be a, a proper planning around this. And indeed, the government's own migration review uh, published early this year said exactly that, um, that international students are in some context uh, reducing job market availability of, of our own domestic students. Um, and look, the other point I'd make is uh, the universities themselves have a real responsibility here. They should be uh, providing accommodation for students, and they do provide some, uh, but there are still a lot of students that come into the country uh, and are competing on the rental market with everybody else. So yeah. I think universities, which get the benefits of these students, also need to pay the cost. Yeah, all right. So uh, the, the the government is due to re- release its uh, review or re- release its findings from the review, its position moving forward. What would you like to see in it? What I would like to see is a recognition of the stresses and strains that Australians are experiencing from this never-ending population growth underpinned by mass migration. Um, As a nation, we are very uh, welcoming and tolerant, and migration has played a really important role in our nation's history, but it has to be planned for, and it has to have the consent of the community. And I think there's a lot of people living in the suburbs, and in particular the outer suburbs, who are facing pressures with congestion. Uh, They're having trouble getting their kids into local childcare, local schools, the time it takes you to get into your local GP is always increasing. Uh, They feel that they're not being heard. And we know that there's a majority of Australians who believe our current intake is too high and they want to see a bit of a breather from the pressure that's being put on them from this intake. So I'd like to see the government take into consideration some of these costs. Okay. Do do you think we should uh, continue with migration, though? I mean, it's it sounds like you, you want it to stop, but surely we need at least skilled migrants to continue to come. I think we should continue with migration. Like I say, post World War Two, uh, we've welcomed millions of of migrants into our nation who have enriched our economic and social lives. Uh, the question here is about the planning. Yeah. Uh, we've already got a record intake. So the the migrant intake um, this year so far is the highest it's ever been. It's never been higher than what it is now. And the government is just planning to bring in even more. So the issue is not um, the migrants themselves because they're coming here, have a better life for themselves and their families, and they completely understand um, where they're coming from. The issue here is a public policy one, and we need to have proper infrastructure planning uh, before we bring in such large numbers. Okay. Daniel, appreciate your time. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Daniel Wald, Institute of Public Affairs.